Okay, Pancreation Philosophy, episode 132. I'm your host, Pocholo Cruz. With me is unpaid intern, Ender Cleofi. Hey, hey. You're an adult, but you still get no money. Yeah. Welcome to adulthood, <laughs> as Joe Ridzak would say, just bitterness. And we got a special guest here, Avash. Hey, this is Avash. Hey, Avash, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for calling me. Uh, no, no problem. And I guess mainly here to talk about your new book, what am I in search for the sunlight? So I guess first thing is, how did um, what came about? You know, you you creating this book, or you like having uh, the idea for the book from here? The last few years, I've been working on research for making uh, artificial intelligence, and then the last year, what happened was I made a research paper on it. Okay. But then you know, publishing a research paper takes a lot of credibility, and they would want it to be from specific institutions. Yeah. So that quite out turned out to be quite a hindrance. So okay. I realized like if I need to get a voice out, I can do it through a book. And that mm-hmm. was the idea before the book, you know. Got it, got it. So I guess we'll just take a little bit far back there, I guess. Tell us about yourself in terms of how you got started, I guess, in researching, mm-hmm. like from there. I am, yeah. uh, I've actually, I studied in Copenhagen. I Copenhagen. was there as a business student okay. for five years. Oh, wow. And wow. Uh, during my bachelor's, I did a specialization on neuromarketing, okay. in which I had to combine marketing along with neuroscience. Huh, so that interesting. was that was yeah. my first introduction into brain and the whole dynamics of brain. Hmm. Huh, that's that's quite fascinating. I guess like because neuroscience and marketing, I guess neuromarketing, that's mm-hmm. not really a field that I know that I hear a lot about. I guess was that like already specific in terms of like the like in Copenhagen, or was that something that you you kind of built? Now, this is a topic that has been. Uh, that came up recently, very recently, like five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. But in Copenhagen, uh, like it's more progressive in what they would want. Uh, the whole dynamics of AI and neuroscience department, so it makes it, uh, it made it, there was more demand of the subject out there in the school, you know? Huh, yeah. interesting. Okay. So I guess in, the, in those like developments of looking at, you know, neuromarketing, what was the, I guess like what about it made you want to look more into it? Like, I've always been curious about the mind, you know, so like I won't lie to you guys, they sent us an option of like what kind of specialization you could select and I saw this word neuromarketing and it was the first time I had seen this word, you know. Yes. So I got excited, I was like, I looked upon it (laughs) and then I was like, I need to study this, you know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my introduction of neuromarketing, to be honest. Okay. Nice. So I guess... Well, one, it's it's a new word, like, for me as well. Like, how would you, I guess, how would you go about somebody explaining, like, neuromarketing to somebody? Uh, neuromarketing is basically just new marketing. But, you you know, like in other marketing, like in digital marketing, you look at the sales statistics, like, click some buttons and those kind of statistics. Mm-hmm. But in neuromarketing, what we do is, like, we take uh, brain sensors and we put it on your brain. So imagine if you have a focus group huh, and you ask them, like, the purchase making, decision making questions. And you can actually validify from the brain movement. So that is actually universal in its nature. So huh, that is wow. the way of doing it, you know. Oh, wow. Okay, so actually seeing like what, what patterns of the brain are affected mm-hmm. by, by marketing. Huh. And I guess like in, um, like in looking at that, like what have been some patterns or what have been some big takeaways that you've had just in, from yeah. neuromarketing? From yeah. neuromarketing, uh, there, the field itself is pretty new right now. Yeah. because uh, we still have a lot of progress to be made in the, the brain mapping devices, the FM, uh, EMIC. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take some time. But uh, the takeouts that we can look forward is in terms of advertisement. Like when you create an advertisement that really resonates with the people, you know, that's where neuromarketing comes in. Oh, so it, uh, you can do a focus group and then you can see like, okay, how much, how much impact my advertisement is going to make on people. Mm-hmm. So you can actually validify the data before you put it out on the market. Huh. That's how they are using it right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, and like you said, like relatively new market, but then, so what's, uh, I guess, what's the future outlook on that? Like how do you, how do people plan on using like neuromarketing? Uh, like I said before, like the field yeah. is still new in its uh, yeah. phase right now, so a lot of things has to be, prog- it's still dependent on neuroscience, like how the field of neuroscience evolves, yes. and neuromarketing is going to align with that. But uh, the way I see it in the future is, uh, firstly, it's also expensive thing. So not every company is going to use <laughs> Just it. get brain sensors. <laughs> yeah. Like. So, and uh, the risk associated with people not being more open to using brain sensors in the head, you know, it's more down to awareness. It's, pre- it's pretty much safe right now. But uh, the field is uh, Coca-Cola. I'll just give you a nice example of Coca-Cola. Okay. Mm. The way Coca-Cola uh, 
uh, put sugar contents in their Coca-Cola in all of the countries. It's quite it's based on your marketing. Huh, so the way they do it is that how did Coca-Cola figure out how much sugar content should be specific on each country is that like imagine it a child when he's first born the mm. first sugar that he has in his body is from his mother's milk. So what they did was they actually figured out the sugar content in mother's milk of whole all the countries that they were selling to. Oh wow! And they proportioned the sugar content based on the mother's milk, and Jeez. that's why you know if you taste Coca-Cola in different countries, it's different. You know that's the reason. <laughs> that's fascinating. That. That's some science fiction stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. And this was a strategy they worked with uh, 15 years ago, and you know like when they were <laughs> wow. done with the strategy, yeah. then only they came out and uh, there was a conference in Germany in 2015. Yeah. That's when they came out and they said like, okay, this was the strategy behind it. Wow. So, so is this like the first example of neuromarketing? Uh, if you, you could say that, like in a okay. big scale. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Huh, that, yeah, that, that is so interesting too because, I mean, for me when I look at like advertising, it is to get like an emotional or a kind of like mm-hmm. reaction like from there, but to actually get like the scientific portion of it, of actual, like, I mean, the example you, you just made that makes like a lot it makes a lot of logic and like the reasoning behind it but also kind of um i guess kind of highlights like how much more into into advertising or into marketing that i guess companies still have have to grow you know like from there or have possibilities from there so okay so developing it in neuromarketing but then so how did that lead you then to you know your current research like for your book mm-hmm. yeah like i said like uh, when i was in the neuromarketing classes mm-hmm. and uh I would design website for my department and a whole lot of these things. So I was basically reading a whole lot of content just by having to edit the website. So that, and I was, I told you, like, I've always been curious about the mind. So like, uh, I took this knowledge further. And like, after I graduated, I wanted to pursue this thing. You know, I was, uh, there were some facets of it. I was still not aware of it. And I was still not sure what it meant. Yeah. But then the last two and a half years, I worked on it and then like simplified it. So. That's how the research came into the brain and had it, the knowledge manifested as a book. Got it. Wow. And when you mentioned, like, so you said two and a half years, you started, like, writing on it. Like, what specifically, I guess, were you were you writing on? Uh, it started from consciousness. Yeah. Like, I would wanted to, I wanted to figure out what consciousness actually is because then once you figure that out, then the other things are all secondary, you know, that was the primary thing. So that thing took me a year just to figure it out. And, uh, this consciousness thing yeah, yeah. it's yeah. pretty big you know yeah. Yeah. universities they don't touch this topic because oh no really? for sure yeah. we wow. are not sure what we, yeah. what we mean when we talk about consciousness we are not sure what we mean about it you know? yeah. so, so that I, was quite a thing that's impressive oh no for sure but I guess yeah because that's the thing so where, where did you where did you even begin I guess to think about in terms of consciousness yeah. like I'm from Nepal yeah. and uh, being a Hindu like we talk about consciousness not in the English word but like a dynamics of, of consciousness it's all the in our religion it's engraved in the faith you know oh, so okay my not my introduction to consciousness and the dynamics of it has been through my childhood okay but then when you go to school you find the right terminologies and methodologies and that's how i assemble everything together you know okay yes yeah, so it's a combination of like what you've grown up with and then what you get learning but i guess like so specifically like for you like what was what was consciousness to you yeah. Like uh, in the beginning, like when we talk of consciousness, we associate the, uh, we think of awareness as consciousness. Hmm. And this is a mistake that a whole lot of people, even in the academics, make right now. Hmm. But okay. what we generally refer to as consciousness is just our ability of awareness. Okay. And that was the first understanding, and it's also the biggest understanding of consciousness, you know. Okay. So once I was able to figure that thing out, then the rest of the thing, it just fell into place. Huh, interesting. So, yeah, that that does make sense that the, oh, when people, yeah, because for me right now, when I think of consciousness, I am think about the things that I am aware of. So then what is the distinction that you would make between consciousness and awareness? Okay, let's look at together. Like if we, there are five of us in the room right now, right? Yes. And uh, what is the reality right now? The information that we can gather, that's consciousness. That's in like saying a, a universal brain, you know, like the dynamics of nature that everything is connected and it's all intertwined. But uh, the individual awareness that we have, like the, the way we can perceive and think, the cognition basically, mm-hmm. that's our awareness. So that's the differentiation. Awareness is a self thing. Consciousness is just something that you ask, uh, you grasp from the, uh, ah. based on your sensory ability uh, and your perception uh, uh, ability. Okay, okay. I think I'm starting to understand. So whereas like, 
like, individually we each have like an awareness of like once again of what's occurring in this room mm-hmm. but the consciousness would be like the global, global like thing. the global truth in terms like, of that like think about it yeah. uh, also another example would be like think about it if we had a cat in the room right now the cat would see things differently right now yes that's going to be his reality but yes. for the cat that's his absolute reality but as a humans we see things differently too but huh, yes. when we combine these things that's consciousness you know what the cat sees and what we see I see the whole dynamics of it it's the full picture, full in, picture. in that kind of sense because we each just get like a viewpoint or like one point of perspective mm-hmm. like from there the exchange of awareness yeah exchange of awareness like consciousness well, well we were just well, before this like Ender and I we were like laughing at you know a mutual acquaintance of ours and mm. just like his perspective of a situation right of calming yes. down and then we were we were laughing I guess his um his rather un like his lack of awareness of the sense of like of how impactful like his actions were and i think that is like because the consciousness of the situation was like what it was not that he wasn't aware of it is like he was inputting his own awareness like into it like from that you see what i mean like yeah for scots of calming down and then hmm. it's like because he he was sensing that where meanwhile Armand was sensing something else and then all of us seeing it <laughs> was like was uh yeah well that's kind of a meta joke like from there but um yeah that's okay so I guess from from seeing that like how does since consciousness is like a global or like rather like universal thing from there like how does one go about even like starting to define that or starting to be aware of that yeah yeah like the need for consciousness is important right now because uh, we are planning to go to a different space like in Mars and Moon and think about it. Mm-hmm. So if we are going to be in Mars and they, you know, this is something that I also talk about when we talk about consciousness, the mind and body, mm-hmm. because we are very vulnerable in the biological body that we are right now. Yes. Even the astronauts, they need a whole lot of space suits and a different dynamic. They need mm-hmm. to train for some timing before they can be out there, right? Yeah, of course. So if you want to go and settle in Mars or Moon, that's going to be a whole lot. We need a different dynamics of body to be there. Yeah. And uh, in that regards, uh, uh, perception and consciousness, like... perception and consciousness uh, I'm sorry like I forgot no, no 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 it's okay it's okay yeah I mean I was getting lost like from when you're talking in general so it's okay but uh, I feel like I'm starting to see what, what you're saying because like the consciousness of like is well there, there's a lot of factors like for sure in consciousness and I think like one thing throughout the show because like where we interview like you know uh, quite, quite 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 a few different people yeah in terms of like their um they're like in different scales they, they got different philosophies like from there but I guess like a common thread I see like from the people that I, I talk to is that almost their internal narrative has a huge sway in the terms of how they see their situation and also where they see themselves like going forward like from there like i feel like a person's like initial narrative kind of has a big uh big input towards like the output of, of their life so what i mean by that is like how they how they interact like their own awareness of themselves like really dictates how how they live their lives like in, in the terms of like what what they think what mm. they think it is that they want and then where they're trying to go forward that's right like from there yeah, wouldn't you agree? Under like, yeah. like in terms of, of that, course. like, um, yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. Like how the human or how humans will survive, like taken away from their, from their home environment of Earth, like their <laughs> their central consciousness, like what, like what what will occur in that kind of space travel, like from there, or even just like the isolationism, like is like very devastating to somebody, or planes, like from there. But um, okay. So I guess like further like furthermore like on on your writing like I know you're you have a website right mm-hmm. was that where a lot of your uh, consciousness like writing like took uh, took part that was actually like when we were in a university like we me and my cousin we wanted to start a blog you know so I was writing blogs and then I would not have time to edit it and put it out there so he yeah. started blogging on his own so he just came up with the idea one day why don't we combine both of our blogs and make it a website you know okay okay so that's how we started with Kompadele and over the years we played with it we did some experiments on it we also made it as a spiritual media for some time made, yeah. made it as a services for IT and a whole lot of these things and eventually we landed uh, narrowed it down to spiritual library right now yeah mm-hmm. spiritual library so I guess like how did um, 
Well, first of all, like, how, how, how do you pronounce the name of the site again? Gompateli. And it's actually derived from a Tibetan name. Oh, okay. And uh, there are two words that makes a Gompateli. Like, Gompa is a temple in Buddhism. Okay. And uh, Dele is like, again, you know, so it's like okay. a returning of spirituality is based on faith oh, so like we, okay. we wanted to have this symbolic meaning of yeah. the faith coming back again of, of a cycle uh-huh. in yeah. that kind of sense how interesting and i get yeah because and that's another thing too because a lot of people especially when they think of like spiritual things they don't really think about like the science or something behind mm-hmm. it it's typically like there's like oh there's spiritual and then there's science there's not really uh like a marriage or like a bond like between that so i guess like where, where did you discover like that link like for spirituality in that kind of sense. Uh, it's yeah. something that uh, like uh, back home, like ever since we've been growing up, uh, like waking up early in the morning and doing meditation, just being mindful, it's just part of our culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So over time, we there, like I said, like different terminologies in life when you experience it. And uh, in the book, in chapter number two, I've actually made a chart where I've explained the science of spirituality. The science of spirituality. Yeah, okay. and in there, like I break it down and uh, the way I've done it is like, three aspects of human uh, human lives mm-hmm. rest activity and the balance okay like if you have uh, intensity in your activity and if you rest properly your body your mind will naturally be more uh, balanced you know in terms of like you're being not agitated and being yeah. calm yeah. so in that sense you actually when once you're able to do that and you find the balance you actually reach a mindfulness so in mindfulness if you improve it over time what will happen is that you're going to increase the metacognition that's something, uh, it's called thinking about thinking. Thinking about thinking, <laughs> thinking yes, about thinking. yes, yes. So once you be in that state, that's actually the science of spirituality. You know, when you, ah, uh, when okay. you are able to perceive different things that other people cannot do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's just the science of spirituality. You know, wow. just people yeah. have different words and they associate it with different symbols and other things. Yeah, yeah. But when you put it down to science, that's what it is. That's what, how it works in our brain. Oh, no, that, that, that's a very, you know, logical and straightforward way of looking about it. And I think... Well, because that's the thing, because I feel like when people think of spirituality, they think of, like, they have a negative, you know, like, woo-woo notion mm-hmm. of, like, oh, yeah, what's your astrology sign? You know, are you feeling spiritual about that or going to pull some cards on me? But, um, okay, so I think that's a, I think that, well, the balance, too, about the activity and rest, because I think that's kind of one thing that's not really looked upon in society, I, mm-hmm. I think, is, like, the balance kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like it's almost, like, it's kind of in excess of either like luxury or excess of uh, of activity or excess of like status. There's like I don't think balance is really like stressed upon at least yeah, in terms of like main, main mainstream society. Balance is actually, if you look at it, it's one of the most important thing, you know, mm-hmm. because I uh, think and uh, whatever problems that people associate right now, even people might have a nice job, people but if they are stressed out they will not be able to take proper decisions efficiently. Oh, yeah, for yes, sure, yeah. for so, sure. So in that regards, and uh, the lethargy and the paranoia that's going on right now is just because people are just too lazy to go, go out and just be a little active on their body yeah. and the physical yeah. structure, you know. So, yeah. so this yeah. is the, if you look at it, it sounds like rest and activity, just single word, but the impact it makes on our lives, it's, it's pretty much big, you know. So oh, yes. the balance is underestimated but it's something that everybody should prioritize moving forward if they are looking to enhance their well-being in life oh yeah for sure no it's always like very interesting to me when i when i hear people go like oh i don't have time to exercise like from them like i feel like you you don't have like you don't have like a life if you don't exercise really in that sense because it's it's kind of um the way that people prioritize like you know their actions or how they prioritize their time has always been like funny to me because people ask me like oh how do you have find time to like uh you know to work out or exercise or to think about things and i was like i feel like that's part of like what what's essential to life it's like how do you how pretty much i asked them like how do you how do you have a life if you don't prioritize like those things like from there but in essence i end up looking like the crazy one that that's training in my garage Mm -hmm. and like asking myself questions from from there but um no i think that's very fascinating that you know you log you look upon that balance between rest and activity whereas i would i would definitely agree like a lot of people's problems stem from like an imbalance of the two and then not actually seeking uh not actually seeking solutions in that kind of way yeah. because uh like uh, us as human beings right now like we moved into societies we've had nice cities and this has been there for like uh maybe three four hundred years mm-hmm. but if you look at animals the only basic thing they do is they eat 
they take a nice rest and they actually are engaged in activity they need to play or something that's the basic thing they do you know yeah. everything revolves around everything is secondary yeah, yeah. but us with uh, nice facilities and you know the modern lifestyle we have actually underestimated that aspect of ourselves which is actually been part of our evolution since a long time back you know yeah no that that's always that's always like it's the comedy of life that we've uh over <laughs> that we've overcomplicated the simplicity exactly. of it you know mm. we've created like we've created these like uh, artificial problems no it's like it's that you know artificial problems that aren't really necessary but uh and then it's funny how then the solutions are just add, adding adding more artificial problems mm. into it like from there it's like this complexity of instead uh, of just yeah. refining the process as is yeah 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 but it's a uh, no it's it's very entertaining but I guess well, it's entertaining for me because I see because I see like how people end up just overcomplicating their lives in that kind of sense, or like seeing how I guess they're unaware they're unaware of like the impact that's having on their lives. What they because they're lurk they're it's not they're not looking for a solution. It's just that they're looking for a solution in all the wrong places, mm. and in essence, like causing more problems in yeah. the meantime. Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, this is how I came up with the idea. Like uh, when we start exploring life. We actually start with the question, the wrong questions, you know. And the wrong questions, yeah. And we look for in the wrong places, you know. So yeah. what will happen is that we have bits of information from everywhere that doesn't align. So what what that will create is it will create more confusion, you know, and mm-hmm. people get mm-hmm. more agitated and they would want to find solution. They're actually looking for solutions. Everybody does, you know, because who would not want to be quiet and peaceful within themselves, you know, be happy within themselves. But uh, then I realize in terms of, who am I? This is a question that everybody asks, you know, like even if you go on with like a, a whole lot of Buddhist monks, they'll tell you, start with the question, who am I? Yeah, you know? yeah. But who in terms of, if you look at, I can figure out who am I, but right, but if I can't, if I'm going to tell you the same answer, it won't be relevant for you because you, who you are is totally different from who am I. Yes. Right? Yes. So that perspective, that methodology of looking at life it's never going to be, it's going to be different for everybody and we will never fi- agree to each other's things. You know? yeah, That's why yeah. you might have noticed if you talk about life and this kind of things to people, yeah. we don't we don't find common ground a lot of times. You know, It's because that person is evaluating life from his experiences, from mm-hmm. his perspective and yes. we actually have our own perspective and experiences that we can relate upon to. And what is based on functional ideas because, uh, and what is that... Uh, it's universal in its nature. The animals are same in what we are same in what because we are also biological beings. That's why the spirituality, the rest and activity, that's where it comes in. You know, because it's associated with the what. Mm-hmm. With the what, yes, yeah. yes. I think I think well, the what is so. I think the what is so important, but it's almost like the what kind of gets forgotten, in that kind of sense where there's no. There. <laughs> Where, where there's no emphasis on it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's yeah. also because uh, we think of ourselves as biological beings, yeah. right? And then what is this, what is something that you only use for abstract terms, you know? So like uh, <laughs> yeah. we don't dis- yeah. disassociate ourselves from our memory in terms of looking at it. That's why the what perspective doesn't come up very often. Ha! Huh. Interesting. Yes, yes. So I guess can you expand more about that and how people can't like separate themselves from memory? It's yeah. uh, you know like when they say like keep your mind free without yes. memories or something yeah yeah and that eventually it has to start from rest you mm. need to have a proper rest like you need to get proper sleep or yes. whatever proper food whatever the yeah. in terms of your body right yeah and uh, the activity is like who do you engage with like who are you meeting the kind of network that you have around and everything so if you can find hot sweet spot between these two activities and you get the balance out of it and you improve upon it and you be more mindful and over time this is going to improve your perceptive ability so you'll be more metacognition yeah you know so that'll yeah. that'll enhance in your body so once this happens then people will dis- basically look at themselves uh, this is also some interesting because a whole lot of people that are into spirituality and they say that i'm into this practice i'm into that practice they are actually in this phase but subconsciously they don't know that they are in this phase you know ha huh, interesting so yeah. they are just looking for answers but they are numb inside you know there, there's nothing in the mind going on so they're just observing perceiving things yeah. so that phase of exploring life is the what life yes yeah yes. and uh, everybody can do it you know but it's easier said than done mm. yes because firstly you have to disassociate yourselves and de-memorize whatever you have yeah about yeah. yourself or the world you know it's yes. like you yeah. have to start ground zero yeah. And with an that, open mind yeah. yeah 
but I think no, I think that's a, that's a great uh, explanation of it, like yeah. the attachment, because like especially like attachment to memory, because mm-hmm. a lot of people they can't, I mean, they don't want to let go yep. of, of the memory or, or of, what, of what they are in that because kind of sense. Because memory is part <laughs> of our identity. You know, think yeah. about it. The names that we have is the first uh, thing in memory that we have about ourselves. <laughs> you know? yeah. Somebody calls us with a different name, maybe yeah. we won't even look about it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's very hard, you know. Like, but uh, of course, yeah. that's the way to go. You know, there is no yes. other way. We yeah. need to find a universal similarity among ourselves, and that's a need right now of the moment. You know, yeah. because of all the people dissociating themselves and yeah. saying we are this, we are that. We are all human beings, primarily. Yes. Secondarily, we are all different. You know, and yeah. everybody has a right to select whatever they want to be. For, hmm. sh- for sure no and uh, avash that's very i mean that's very powerful the terms of like like what you said in terms of memory because i think that's i mean in the vast majority of the people that i interact with i i can just tell that a lot of their trauma just comes from like memories that they mm-hmm. cannot let go mm-hmm. especially like memories associated with like how they view themselves mm-hmm. like from there like you know they think they're getting to me but they're not yes. but they are in yeah. that sense because they're they're they have that kind of negative like baggage in that kind of way and they can't see that they're anchoring themselves and it's i mean it's a tough thing because you just can't tell you can't it's like you're trying to tell someone to like go something that they're not even sure that they're carrying or mm-hmm. that they're not aware of that that they're carrying in that way you know yeah. like in neuroscience we have this uh, term called cognitive fixation so uh, what what is that is like uh, cognitive fixation is when you're thinking about something and you have uh, close the dynamics of looking at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So your mind, which is a state of fixation, where like anything new that comes up, you will not give, a, you will not consider it because you already fixated on that kind of information that is already in your head, mm-hmm. the memories, right? Mm-hmm. So moving, just being more open and like just being more perceptive without memories, well, or maybe just being a little more curious, you know, will help you relieve of that fixation, you know? Yeah. So what will happen is that your mind will move from being stigmated on one kind of idea to being just being more open and being more perceptive to something that might be out there you know yeah and it's down to curiosity too yeah so that is one aspect if people want to explore themselves and be more open then curiosity is the first step that they can also start with oh yeah for sure without being locked into the past or the future just right now right what's now. happening yeah. the now is the most important thing too you know because it's you have to be in the now to observe you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're not in the now yeah. if, you, if you're in the past if you're in the future you are somewhere else the yeah. mind is already somewhere else it's not yeah. in the now you know? kind of like what you're saying about numbness like you're numbness. not you're not in the what mm-hmm. your your body is there but your mind is mind not, is not there. there it's not it's not aligning and I think that's so I think that's so big because I think I definitely a thing that I'm looking towards in my own life is just uh, I mean, without even, like, really, I guess, thinking about it, it's just, like, simplicity in that kind of sense. It's, like, uh, especially the way I look at problems or, quote-unquote, like, conflicts in my life, it's, like, okay, they're just they're just things that happen, and it's a matter of, like, staying stable with, like, what I, with what I know and doing what I can do without having to be over-anxious ab- about those things. And it's that, um, and I, I think it is kind of, is that kind of detachment. It's, like, detachment with, like, uh, detachment with like problems and like issues because I feel that there's there's all this um, I mean there's you know there's society there's people around me there's community there's like a lot of like issues or problems that uh, that are around in the world but you know thinking or dwelling about it isn't going to help any of it the only thing I can control is like what I do with like what, with, with the now with, with the what's real because that is that is the only thing that matters the present like from there and yeah. uh Speaking in the now is also one of the best ways you can improve yourself. Like uh, you must, uh, you are you are into MMA, so you must know that some of the best fighters out there, they are just numb. Yeah. yeah. So like mm-hmm. every minute they are in the now. So like they they don't they are not impulsive in nature. By when I say that, you know, like they have controlled their impulses. Yeah. So when the, when you are in the now, you can perform better. You know, so yes. you get better at whatever you do. If you are a painter, you get better at painting. If you yeah. are a, speaker you get better at speaking if you're a football player you get better at playing football you know? yeah oh no for sure and i think it's that because the one thing in athletics they call they call like a flow state mm-hmm. in that kind of sense where there is yeah well there is no thinking that's involved there's just simply like doing like from from there and i think you you can see that too and just in terms of like high performers like in any field like what you said like when you know when a painter paints they don't think of anything else like it's like it's just with the flow exactly painting is just what they do in that sense like when you see like 
any kind of athletic feet. Like you, you can't ask Usain Bolt what he's thinking about when he's running. He's like, <laughs> no, I just, I just do. You can't ask Michael Jordan what he thinks when he's dunking. He's just, he's, he's just doing that. The moment, yeah, from from there. And that's the thing. It's like it's very simple in that sense because like, and people kind of overcomplicate. Yeah. You know, just like they overcomplicate the incredible because the incredible is actually simple in yeah. that regard. You know, like yeah. the, and this is a primary down to the association with memory. You know, the identity that we have because uh, the way our cognitive function functions is that once we perceive something, the brain, the subconscious brain, automatically goes into figuring out what we whatever mm. whatever what yeah. what to process and what to feedback, what to express. You know. So in that way, what will happen is that if you are not metacognitive, then the brain is going to come up with its own solution like it happens in the computers. Yeah. yeah. So in yeah. that way, we just express what the brain tells us, but yeah. we are not even thinking about it. This yeah, is the impulses mm, yeah. going ah, that's on. It. You know? That's the solution right there. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, man. And I think, if anything, you can, you can see a lot of that in society now in terms of like, what, like echo chambers or like where people will just like flock to oh these people think the same way I do so I'll just like hang out with them because then they just kind of reinforce mm. like what what I do and I think that's kind of how like some I don't want to necessarily say like negative groups but like groups that aren't that get into like kind of hive mind thinking mm. in terms because they're like oh because these people think the same way I do we must be the same or we must we must I- idealize the same way mm. like from there uh, yeah you were right in that regards but uh, yeah. The, the way I the way I think of it mm-hmm. is that uh, you know as human beings and it's also true for animals mm-hmm. uh, we want to be associated and human beings like our evolution is based on socialism you know like yes. we were yes. social creatures that's yeah. why we came to bit of it yeah and right now what's happening is that like uh, people have their experiences that they have had in life yes and when they look at options there are just few options that they can move into or like they can be participative of you know and uh, since they are also so much associated with their memory and they cannot rationalize their thinking, rationalize what the events, rationalize the people, the groups that they are getting involved with. And it, this is born out of sheer necessity, you know, just to go and get in, involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is counterproductive in its way because it's going to create more divide. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to not actually, not also help the people get what he wants by joining a group, you know, because he goes there feeling to trying to be more participative or trying to be more accepted yeah but eventually what happens is that if the whole if you build a castle upon a sand it's going to come down eventually no matter what yes mm-hmm. yes so and eventually what will happen is that over time when this happens their self-esteem will go down too yeah and this is yeah. a cycle that it takes very hard to break out of you know and yes that's why people get into severe depression mm-hmm. this kind of anxiety and, and it's it just goes like a cycle and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And the dependence on acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. Right. I guess, yeah, so then, Avash, like, what do you see as, like, the solution of that? Is it is it, like, the key thing to accept themselves first? Or, like... Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, uh, this is from a Buddhist uh, lesson, actually. Mm-hmm. And the Buddhist monk, you know, when you go to them and you ask them, like, uh, hey, like... Any question you go to them with, they will just tell you one thing, be yourself. You I took some research to figure out what they meant by be yourself. Yes, and yes. They, what they was like, any question you think of in life, any problem that you have or any situation you are in or anything that's bugging you, if you go into a meditative state and you look for the answers, eventually you will come to realize just be yourself because <laughs> yeah. yeah because if things are not meant to be in your life it won't it doesn't matter you know like no matter how hard you try yeah. it won't matter you know because yeah. so if you have to be yourself and enjoy you know like if you can be yourself and enjoy yeah. be radiate within yourself with bliss yeah that's it you know that's that's oh. where like all of the solutions are going to come up with you know and that's when people can actually start yeah. finding the right connections mm. find, finding the right kind of people around them you know yeah I think I think it's a very powerful statement in terms of like yeah being yourself and I because th- I think a lot of problems that people run into is that they don't like themselves mm. and they end up and they're uncomfortable with that idea and they and they feel like the solution is to be somebody other than them and they're, all, they're it's like it is that internal struggle mm. where they where they don't like themselves so therefore they try to figure out like how, how, how to change that like from there but um but that's also uh, how you know like the modern materialism that uh, capitalism that we talk about in society it's also fostering that <laughs> just yeah. yeah capitalism is good in a way if it's yes. done properly you know but yeah. the way we have done it right now yes this is fostering the case even more you know and yes 
the association that people look at that right now, you know, just trying to be accepted, it fuels the fire even more, you know, because mm-hmm. that's why we go out and dress up in a certain way, we go out and hang out with certain people in yes. certain locations, you yeah. know, and which is good in a way if they're happy. Hmm. But if they're not happy inside, it's not going to help them. Got it. It's good if it's if that's them, mm-hmm. if if that's themselves, if that's their, if that's the way that they want they want to do. But I think uh, yeah, but that's internal. Uh, yeah, having your happiness depend on external stimulus is unstable. Wait, I what? I thought I just had to get rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but rich. Uh, a lot of uh, rich people in life, when they make money. You know, like in the beginning, everybody is trying to make money. They think money is mm-hmm. going to bring happiness. Money is going to bring happiness, you know. Yes, yes. When you reach there and you can ask anybody, you know. Yeah. Money doesn't matter, you know. It's just something, you know. Like yeah. once you need there. Yeah. And, uh, and this is even interesting because when you make money, the need to find internal happiness, it begins, it fuels up even more, you know. Yeah. Because then you have realized, okay, now money is not going to help me. So yes. you're, look, you're at least looking at the right answers. Yeah. Know? You're like, damn it! It wasn't money. Yeah. <laughs> money was not was not the key. Well, now what? Yeah. Oh shit! That was my only plan, <laughs> my dreams. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, I I think, yeah, because I think a lot a lot of a lot of like the internal problems of like trying to find yourself, <laughs> and that kind of and it's funny too because like nowadays that that idea of like finding yourself kind of gets like I don't know in modern days it kind of gets like kind of looked down upon or like once again. It's like that negative connotation of what spirituality is <laughs> in terms of, oh, you just, yeah. like a woo-woo kind of way. But you know, like, uh, yeah. this is something like even, I came from, I lived five years in Europe, and this is, in Europe, yeah. like, people are not even that much interested about knowing themselves, you know, okay. because they okay. already have a nice social system around them, yeah. the environment is pretty good, everything yeah. is more stabilized there. Yeah. But the need for understanding ourselves is so important right now because the era of artificial intelligence is here right now, you know. Yeah. The next two or three years, we're going to have cognitive robots that are going to do tasks that human beings have been doing so forth right now. And it's yes. a very competitive game, you know. Yes. So we can only win the machines when we know ourselves better. And yeah. that's our yeah. ability of cognition, you know, yeah. which the machines can never replicate. Got it. They might have data and a whole yeah. lot of things. Yeah. But the natural way in which we resonate with things. Yeah. Like. Got it. Everybody should be onto it right yeah. now. That's how we beat Skynet mm-hmm. through knowing ourselves. But <laughs> what well, that will make for a good movie. <laughs> but um, no, I think, th- and that's, and that's a very, you know, it's almost yeah. Once again, back to like the the comedy of life in terms of like this. We live in a society, or we live in an age of technology, where you can connect with like people from across the globe, but still you don't have that connection with yourself mm. in, in that way. And it's almost like, yeah, it's it's funny how how that happens. Like from there, it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's also down to people just getting engaged in a whole lot of things that they don't have to get engaged in. Mm-hmm. You know, people. Yeah. People, Unnecessary things. Yeah, yeah, people think just being busy is uh, uh, yes. is important, you know. But yeah, uh, you have, if you're just getting busy for the wrong reasons, you are getting yourself more tired. Yeah, you know you're gonna have proper rest. Yeah. So eventually, it's not gonna be productive, but counterproductive for you. Got you it. Know? It's like any like pretty much spending your time is kind of like it's the re- it's like the resources and the quality of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's people yeah because people think oh i'll just being busy or just filling their time but it's kind of junk time junk you know time. kind of like filling yourself with junk food mm, it's yep. like it's still you'll still get nowhere just because you do a lot of stuff for eight hours doesn't mean that <laughs> you're gonna do good yeah. like from there and i think that's very uh, but that's true though i think it's almost well i feel like in american culture for sure there's almost like that need to like look like you're doing something yep. to like to be busy to be like oh no i'm grinding i'm doing mm. stuff like from there when i was in europe yeah. you know like uh yeah. i vibe with more with american culture yeah. you know like just yeah. the hustle aspect of sure. it and yeah just being more open just the innovation go, happening go, go. over here yeah but uh coming here i just realized you know like uh, the people who are really on it like people like gary v and this kind yeah. of guys yeah they, they rock it you know like yeah. that's how it should be you know yeah. but, but the, but the majority of the people, they just pretend like they're busy. You know? Yes. But it's they're not actually busy. They're not busy. You know? There's like, no substance. They're busy, to they're busy it. looking busy. Yeah. Yeah. They're not actually busy. Yeah. And yes. then, when you see them, they're all downed up. You know, like not yeah. happy with life, mm-hmm. looking for yeah. purpose. And yeah. And I see them and I think like you are busy as heck. And like why do you need a purpose? <laughs> like, and, like what yeah. are you doing without a purpose? You know? Yeah. Like, so. I yeah. found on a personal level, I used to obsess with a certain levels of success. Everything I did 
I would think about how in, in the past I didn't do enough to reach that level of success in the, yeah. and in the future whether or not I would be at this level and I found it was just thinking about that was only making it worse there was this irony that by obsessing about everything but where I am and who I am right now I was slowing down what I actually wanted yeah, yeah because, a very yeah. nice topic you know, like, yeah. hmm. and it, success like uh, this thing think about it like success is not quantified Yeah. yeah, how do you quantify success? success? Of course. Yeah. But by money. It, <laughs> uh, there is another word called well-being. What does that what, what does that mean? Well-being. Well-being. And well-being is like it happens on different levels like we yes. are, there's physical well-being, there's emotional yes. well-being, yeah. there's mental well-being, mm -hmm. there's financial well-being. Yeah. So if you instead of focusing on success, if you focus on well-being, it will actually help you get to that level that you're actually seeking to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you can prioritize, okay, maybe my health is this. If I can work on the health this much, then that's pretty good. Yeah. Then I can need to work on my finances. You can you can, you can refer to different aspects of well-being and then like yeah. build your success upon it, you know? Yeah, mm. like the columns of well-being in that mm -hmm. kind of way, like pillars Just pillars of success. Everybody can prioritize yeah. what is important for them. Like maybe yeah. somebody has prioritized finances, they can maybe work more on the finances aspect of yeah. it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's multi-tiered though, mm -hmm. like, like like you said, and I think that's the thing that people tend to overfocus. But I think back to Ender's point about, I think if anything, you couldn't detach yourself. I from, couldn't yeah, for a long time because yeah. like your memories, like you're you're still quantifying yourself mm. like through memories. When in actuality, like yeah, the only thing that was real is what you do in the present moment. So what? And all I was yeah, doing was obsessing yeah. about things that hadn't happened yet or yes. had already happened. Yeah. And it was wasting my resources. Exactly. I felt yeah. sluggish. I felt tired. Yeah. And I'm, I've been trying to work on detaching myself and hearing what you're saying is actually been really helpful. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's almost like missing that window, mm. you know, because you're 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 so far looking. You're you're not even you're not looking to what's actually there. Because I feel like if you look at the past, you're looking, you're you're not once again looking at the present. You're looking at the future. You're mm. also not looking at what what the real window of time is like from there. And that's why I know I think that's what where a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety you know, comes from, from. I've noticed as I've tried to even just trying to detach myself from that i've already seen huge improvements in my well-being mm -hmm. mm -hmm. definitely like that when you detached like uh, then you, sometimes even if it's a uh, wrong impact happening upon you mm. the next time you'll not be making the same mistakes you know yeah like, yes. yes that's the good thing about detachment you know like you, you it's like a trial and failure yeah. you know like yeah. you experiment yeah. with something doesn't work out oh, it's fair enough you say yeah. like okay maybe i'll not have to do this next time you know got it and in that way you are at least more perceptive on how your life is happening mm -hmm. yeah what's going on like yeah. and you be in more control of yourself yes you know? yes, yes i would sure. notice when i would compete as a fighter it mm -hmm. would when i would think about making mistakes when i would think about what could happen the stakes that were there what could happen after the tournament that's when I would lose because mm -hmm. I wasn't in the moment. My, yeah my my opponent was like I'm just I want to go in and I was thinking what's gonna happen if I lose if I do this if I do this and I just want that I want that mindfulness when I do what I do mm -hmm. I want to yeah. be more in the moment but I think it just goes back to that practicing of, of the detachment mm -hmm. you know and I think also not being because we kind of talk also about you know being results based yes or being like process based and i think mm -hmm. that's kind of what avash is talking about in terms of you know well-being it's like think you gotta look at what at what you're building mm -hmm. like, you know internally like from there with without thinking about not attaching memory to it yeah yeah exactly because like and and the, yeah and that's how i look at two terms of like competition wise because the the way i see it like what whatever kind of like you know being accepting it's accepting yourself mm. accepting that whatever you, you all you can do is do what you do and the results are going to be whatever like from there you can only control the results like however however much and that's how i look at you know any competition any fight that, that i do from now on it's like uh, all i can do is prepare myself like the way i can i can only fight the way i do and then am i like does that mean i don't want to win like of course i want to win but like the fact of me caring if i win doesn't matter mm. you know because like exactly. the the only thing that matters is like is what i do and that's 
as long as what I do is what I'm happy with, mm. then or is what I want to do, I feel well being. Then that's 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 what's the importance. Is. I find that yeah. irony amusing. The yeah. thinking about making mistakes will make you make mistakes. Yes. Yes. No. No. For sure. And I think if anything, you can take that towards like how other people are just living their lives as well because mm. they worry about not being successful. But in essence, by worrying about not being successful, they end up not being successful because they're too busy worried about that. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true in every regards. Yeah, in every mm. regards. Yeah, in like a lot in multiple ways, like from there. So, I guess yeah. So we're talking about you know so Avash and, and his book, like from there. So I guess um well before if someone were you know want, would want to like find your book like where where could they where could they go? Right now yeah. we have a we can they can purchase it through Amazon Canada yeah. and it's available to a whole lot of Amazon subsidiary websites. Yeah. But if we have some problems with the ISPN, it's technical glitch by Amazon, so it should be happy. It's supposed to be Damn it, Bezos. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, maybe like in a couple of days. A couple of days. It's going to be out of day in Amazon. Great. Oh, nice. And the book is, uh, I've broken it down into 11 chapters. Okay. And these 11 chapters have been uh, creatively assembled in a way that I started with consciousness and awareness. Yes. And it's like a theory, you know, like if you want to read the book, if you go through chapter-wise in the end, by the time you're finished with the book, we'll actually figure out all the aspects of life, you know, like ah, in terms okay. of your cognitive ability and yes. everything. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's a definitely a must read and uh, there are some neuroscientists that I've sent my book to and they have sent some really good reviews on it. Okay. You know, okay. so um, I would recommend everybody to go through this book once in their life, you know, because like I said, uh, even if you don't want, like uh, think about it, people before the industrial revolution happened, yes. like they were, they were, they were reliant on horses, carriages and yeah. a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the cars came, you know, because somebody yeah. built it, you know, like yeah. there's nothing yes. you could do about yeah. it. And that's what's no matter how attached you are to the horses. Yeah. No, I want the horses. And yeah. that's what's going to happen with AI too, you know, yeah. like even if America is not going to build it, somebody in Europe is going to build it or somebody in China is going to come up it's with inevitable it. It's inevitable. And that goes on. Yeah. So the only way we can tackle it, this is not through ethicals or moral values, you know, because yeah. somebody will always find a way around it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But if we know That's ourselves how you stop better, yeah. then we are always going to be in control of our data, mm, the way yeah. we put it yeah. out there, and you know, mm -hmm. this is what is going to give us an upper head on the future that's going to come to us mm -hmm. in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Being able to adapt and adapt. deal with it. Yeah. And uh, the basic aspect of human being is that the, how we came so far is that we were able to adapt to every situation. Mm. Yes. And yes. sometimes we under, we forget this aspect of us. Yes. Like when we are in a stress or like in a, when the mind is fixated on something. Yeah. We don't realize that okay maybe if I just a thought you know like if I yeah. just release this right now that's it like yes. I'm not bounded to this thought you know like yes. I can adapt to a new situation you know. Yeah like, yeah 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 like you're not prisoners of your mm -hmm. own mind and I think and I think that's the thing too it's like by yeah by by an essence like people people really forget like how powerful they are in like looking at or in being themselves being like fr from there and that's the thing because people end up having a skewed version of what themselves look like or they don't like what what, what they see or what they view as the self we frequently like neglect our yeah. strongest ability which exactly. is yes. to be yeah. anything yes. just to take you know, to be like, yourself yeah yeah to be to be yourself yeah yeah <laughs> That's funny. Those darn monks, like they had the answer. It's a very like, elegant oh, way of looking oh, at it, though. No, but that's the thing, cause they, it's this long, convoluted way. But this, this is, yeah, but no, but that, that of course is very, very fascinating. Like, gosh, I wish I had read the book before, you know, yeah. talking to you, of course. But I guess we can have that for like another time. Mm, so yeah, once again, available on on Amazon, right, through all of its subsidiaries. Uh, once again, the title of the book. Yeah. The, the title of the book is What Am I? Yeah. And in the beginning, when I started this book, uh, I also started with the question, Who am I? You know. Yes. Yeah. And in course yes. of writing the book, and it took me this, the book. I figured it. Uh, I wrote the basic of the book in two months, but then oh, the wow. challenge was to make it simple. You know, because then yes. everybody had yeah. to understand. Yeah. It. Yeah. 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 So that took me around six to seven months just to do everything. <laughs> you know, I would yeah. give it copies of my to cousin and then see like what do they understand from it and try to make it more simple you know so yeah the title of the book is what am i and uh what am i when you look at observe life through what am i perspective you basically dissociate yourself from memories you know mm -hmm. yes and, uh, yes think about it like even that the theory of darwinism is something that we have taken up from darwin like the theory of the, Einstein, the theory of relativity from einstein you know? it's yes. not something that we figured it out 
but just we rely upon them that it's true. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, it must be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in that regard, so what am I is universal in its nature for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would want everybody to buy this book and do their self-exploration because everybody of us are different, you know. Even our fingerprints is different in yes. all of us human beings. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah. the nature of ourself is going to be different for everybody. And, exactly. you know, that's what being human means, that if we can yeah. come up with our different strengths and work collectively, the future is bright for everybody. Yes. Because each, everyone does have their own unique, because mm-hmm. everyone has their u- unique selves. Exactly. Like from there and circumstances and that's, and, and, and that's a thing like that mm-hmm. kind of gets lost upon, you mm-hmm. know. Bogging yourself down with the yeah. superficial or yeah. even just trying to avoid that truth of you yeah. are your own unique person is for sure. limiting. Because it's, it's that internal struggle. Yes. You know, of like, of trying to figure out or <laughs> well that's the thing not even figure out of like contending with like what with what is yourself in that kind of way so yeah that's uh, oh and then what was the name of your of your website again it's yeah. uh, com. g-o-m-p-a-d-e-l-e-k.com mm-hmm. and uh, we are working more on it right now it's still in its early phase right yeah. now yeah. but uh, over time like we want to make it like a spiritual library yeah spiritual library it's yeah. just a word like yeah. I said the balance yeah. is more it's important like, it's a word yeah 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 it's a marketing thing that we yeah. put up there it's the what but, that's important mm-hmm. yes but uh, when people over time how we want this to be is like if somebody wants to self-explore themselves they can just come in there and what we have done with this platform is that you know when you, if you go to a website and you start looking for articles or something you st- start with the taglines you know mm. but what we did was we actually made eight emotional taglines like uh, bliss excite so imagine if I want to go to go on a self-exploration but I'm feeling excited today so I would want to read articles about excitement because then I can resonate with it better today in because I'm in that mood as compared to if I'm excited and I read about something that's uh, sad or something you know I will not resonate with that in that moment you know so on those eight variables people can go in there find their niche uh, find their niche articles and then start exploring themselves mm, you know? wow. we're looking for more content creators too in the in the long run oh yeah but uh, right now with the book uh, the book was the priority first you know so yes. of this is out and now this is this maybe a couple of weeks more and then we'll be good on the book mm. more stable on the book aspect of it then the priority is to move on to the website next yeah. and make it like more like a functional kind of thing yeah like a functional yeah like a more functional platform and per, yeah, platform and more personal like spiritual library in that kind of sense well yeah well Abash this has been a fascinating conversation um, thank you for your time thank I mean, you. definitely of course like look forward to talking to you again definitely. after I read that book of course what What am I and then uh, yeah and I encourage of course everyone listening to like check that out um yeah, check out <laughs> what was the here. Let, I'll I'll just say like what the name of the website again. Gumbadas.com. Yeah, G. That was G O M. Yeah, G O M P A D E L E K. dot com, and yeah, I think that's a. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great. Any last words for you, Ender? Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Avash. It's Thank you for been a great conversation. Me. Yeah, no, th- this has been great. Any any last words for you, Avash? Yeah. Uh, yeah, people. I just want people to find joy, get the book, and peace. <laughs> yeah. That's joy, it. happiness, yeah. peace. And also get the book. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> if it helps you out, if it, yeah, it helps you out. <laughs> Unless you're a loser. You <laughs> yeah. oh, all right, this has been great. All right, that's been Avash, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah.